As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 324, and today we are halfway to Halloween. (laughs) Well, technically, I mean, it's this Sunday coming up. April 30th. You want to tell us a little bit about it, Christina? Well, halfway to Halloween is six months before Halloween, so we're halfway to Halloween, and thanks to social media... It's picked up more of a like a following, so right. like there's lots of festivals. I think even Disneyland does a little thing. Yeah, I think it's just an excuse because everybody here. loves Halloween. Yeah, yeah, of course. Plus, they can sell more shit. I even well, and it, it also there's also Summeroween, you know. What and, the fuck are you talking about? And which is which is like <laughs> summer. There's, there's also th- just Ween, and instead of Halloween, it's my Ween. Right, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a bad joke intentionally, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're getting offended by it. I was it. saying something. Oh, okay. Well, then say your thing. Never mind. It's ruined. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we're getting this one started off right. And what are we watching this week? This week, we're going to be watching Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982, and Haunt from 2019. Yes. And we're going to do that right? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we got a couple of movies to uh, fill, fulfill the Halloween craze, which, you know, I mean, honestly, these are very Halloween movies. Like, they both take place on Halloween, and they both have masks in them that and are pumpkins. like- They're like very iconic masks in these movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like- I don't know. Like, it's kind of cool that we picked these. Like, I don't know why. I just picked Haunt because I recently bought it on Blu-ray because it has all the extras. And I've been wanting to see the extras on this movie. Because so is re- an excuse. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, it was on Shutter first. Um, and then they put it out on like a special edition Blu-ray, which was like, it was like a $60, $70 release or something. They had all these cards with all the masks and oh. stuff. And then they put out a version that was just kind of like the regular version. And when an I had affordable, some, an affordable yeah. version. Well, I mean, I liked the movie. I just wasn't sure I wanted to buy the fifty, the seventy dollar yeah. one. You know. Yeah. What I mean? But yeah, so I finally got it. It was in that big, big haul that I got a couple of days or well, a couple months back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how are you doing? What's going on with you? What are we doing? Uh, what's going on lately? We, 
We went and saw Evil Dead Rise. Booyah, that's you, right. And you put your review up on YouTube if you want to know what Alex right, thinks. A lot of people have been giving you really good compliments. Although one person did say that they were like, your videos are chopped up a lot. Pure garbage. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, they're just done that way because I don't write a script. Most people who do YouTubes, they like write a script, they rehearse it, they like, you know, they take long breaks and do like uh, acting pieces in between. I just speak and I cut out the uhs and the ahs and the spaces in between so that you guys can get on with your day. All right. So thank you guys for the compliments and and, or, and the backhanded compliment. I appreciate that one, too, because they're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we loved Evil Dead. I did. Well, I liked Evil Dead. Christina, I don't know what she thinks. I liked it. I liked it. She was not in a good mood when we got out of the theater, but there was a lot of things going on that day that it just. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was gory and it was funny. I'm glad there was like funny. Do you like it, it better than the, the remake? I think so. Yeah. Because that remake was so serious and this isn't like as serious. Well, the director's cut actually has some extra like um, deadite stuff in it um, that is a little bit more funny. The director's... Well, they didn't include it, so it was well, yeah. more serious. Well, we and... got the copy of it now. Right. Yeah, it's on the 4K version. It's got the original theatrical and the uh, uh, the new director's cut, which has the extra stuff. And I always thought the director's cut was better, except for the ending I didn't really like because they add this extra piece on the end that just is you don't need. Mm-hmm. Other than the Bruce Campbell thing that's like groovy. Right. <laughs> Which was like a precursor to him doing the Ash Williams TV. Well, the, the fucking Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I am fucking stoked that they are doing well. I'm so thankful that Evil Dead has another great movie in the fucking, you know, bucket that we can watch and rewatch. I think I'll be turning this new one a little bit more than I will the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's going to be fitting into the universe more because, you know, we had... Ash Williams talking about, I keep saying Ash Williams. <laughs> we had Bruce Campbell talking about uh, fucking how there's going to be this Bible, the Evil Dead Bible, and they're going to be doing different times, different, you know, places, different types of deadites and stuff like that, which I think is a really cool idea. And I think, you know, you know, it's got a, it's got that zombie verse kind of potential, you know, where you could just kind of totally. like do everything one thing i learned is when i watched the evil dead tv show which man i really i think if people would have actually actively watched that show it would still be going today um it was on a shitty network though so you know yeah, well they tried to do it they squeezed it in stars through a subscription which really kind of hampered its like viewage and then it didn't pick up uh fans until netflix a lot And a lot of people just dropped it after the first season because the first four episodes were kind of eh. But when it got into the end of this first season and in the second season where I really fucking fell in love with the TV show, I realized that they could go anywhere they wanted with this fucking franchise. They could literally warp things in and out of different times, different fucking. And I am pretty, pretty sure that, you know, deadites in general could just be used in so many different ways. I have all the comics and stuff like that. I love the comics, and they've ta- they've taken it into the Herbert West world where they did the reanimator. You know, they did, the, like, uh, Tron. They did fucking um, the Wonder... What's the one with the Alice in Wonderland? Uh-huh. Uh, they did all kinds of stuff, and it's, like, really cool what they've done with it, you know? 
Like, I feel like they could do that with the TV or with movies and stuff like that. Have a condensed little thing, a little situation where they get into it. I don't know if they're ever going to go as wild as something like, you know, Alice in Wonderland. That may be more of a, like, third sequel of a version. And I don't think they're going to do, I don't think they're going to keep the same people. Although I do like the, the girl in this movie who was the hero. Mm-hmm. I thought she was fucking good. I thought she did really good. I thought she, personally, I thought she kind of did, she was kind of badass. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the girl in 2013. I can't think of her name right off the top of my head. But yeah, I thought this new one was like, I was like, hell yeah, dude. She's kind of a badass. You know, everybody's all tatted up and shit and fucking pierced up and fucking kind of like, uh, like the new wave version of families and stuff like that. So <laughs> I don't know. That's probably Lee Cronin's version, you know, like, cause he's a, young buck you know from ireland and i've been seeing a lot of people that are just like super dire about this whole fucking situation like evil dead's dead now because bruce isn't in it you'll be all right fella calm the fuck down and i don't mean that ironically because like they and i don't mean that like they're joking around because like they're serious about this shit i talked to one guy who was like he's like you know i'm just gonna celebrate movies today that are bruce campbell because I realized after seeing Evil Dead rise that the world is a darker place. Now, why well, didn't say it? <laughs> but it was pretty bad. I was like, yeah, you know, I thoughts and prayers, buddy. I hope you will come around to these new movies that are going to be pumped out every three years. Pure garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else is going on? What, other, what else are we uh, looking forward to now? Oh, take uh, talk to me. We're coming. It's coming up in July. In July. The end of July. Okay, that's right. That's I, I keep forgetting that. Yep. Don't worry, I'm here to remind you. What else do we got? Oh, Boogeyman. I'm really looking forward to Boogeyman now because they... Uh, it's a lot of movies this summer. Yeah, Boogeyman looks cool, man. And it's actually written by the guys who did Haunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> So it's funny that we got that movie that we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I'm... Yeah, they, they're going to... Of course, you know, they could have just like tried to lure me in with the oh well we had to cut it back so much because it was so dark you know marketing marketing ploy but i honestly believe that i feel like there's people out there just like because i see it in fucking reviews as a matter of fact one of the evil dead reviews i posted something on my social media i was like why are people who don't like horror fucking reviewing horror and and I, and I do get it i like i know when you work for like a com- company that does like at ad, like advertising and you know, like they a magazine. They send you to watch it yeah, when they, you're not interested. They make you watch it. Like, I had a group of writers that were on longlivethevoid.com for a long while. And I would I would get to know what they're writing. I would read their writing. And I would get to know them and what they liked. And so then whenever anything popped up that I was like, oh, that would fit for this person. Oh, that would fit for this person. I would try to give the the articles and stuff to people who were good at that particular but thing. But if you have no one who, who is and it needs to be done, it it just needs to get done. I guess. This is capitalism, Alex. This uh, isn't yeah. fucking... Well, it's just... It's, this isn't like, oh, I'm so creative and just do what you want. Well, maybe you shouldn't do fucking reviews. Maybe you shouldn't, they shouldn't hand them reviews to fucking people... Capitalism. Lo- like fucking, you know, home and garden and shit. Capitalism, you know? Alex. Oh, it just wasn't a love romance story enough for me. I don't know. Too much gore, not enough flowers. What? Like... <laughs> <laughs> like I was like losing my mind reading some of the reviews for Evil Dead Rise. Like I I don't care if someone liked it or not, but these people that don't don't like horror movies, the fuck do you think their score is gonna be? 
I have no idea. Like, some people were like, I was reading, and they were like, oh, my God, he's so great at reviewing. And I was like, he said there's too much gore in a franchise that has nothing but gore. That's not a good writer. (laughs) (laughs) And someone that doesn't understand the source material here, okay? Anyway, sorry. It's just my little rant. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Boogeyman. I would really like to see that one. And there's a few more coming out here this summer. But it's been kind of a weird, slower year. Has it? For me, it has. I don't know. I mean, I know we got Evil Dead Rise. Obviously, that's a a bright spot in it. But it's been kind of lackluster the past few months, like for films. I'm trying to find even indie films that are going to stir something in me. I did watch (laughs) Sean C. Phillips' new trailer, The uh, Desert Fiends. Yeah. Which, you know, it's definitely like, I don't know if you guys know who Sean C. Phillips is. He's the guy that does all the like. Cool Duder. Cool Duder, yeah. He does all the like reviews. Hey, guys, this is Sean C. Phillips. And to Walmart we go. He's, he's a YouTube, <laughs> he's a YouTube guy who who started making like B movies. Yeah, he started acting in them, and now he's directing yeah. them. And this Desert Fiends movie that he's got, yeah, it looks you know it's bad acting, but it looks kind of fun. Like there's a lot of really cool gore that I was seeing in the trailer. You gonna review it? I might actually because it looks really kind of fun. It's not that I don't like to review movies like that. It's that oftentimes I don't end up reviewing them because I don't so like bad. them. Yeah. yeah, they're so bad. It's not that I don't. It's not that I don't like that type of. Uh, it's more like they're those are movies that are made for for people who make movies. Like it's like a movie that's kind of made in the in the like vein of people who make movies. Right. Does it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but there is a. There are people out there who like movies like that. Sure. I don't I have any problem with it. You know, I like silly fun stuff. This one looks kind of cool. Some of the creature work that they did and the gra- and the practical effects looks really dope. That's what's got me interested. So, I don't know. Maybe check it out if you guys are interested. Um, I saw one of his other trailers. I was not really interested in that one as much as I am this one. So, that one surprised me a little bit. So, we'll see. But I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so we're going to be doing a shot based around the movie Haunt because the masks that we had were closest to it. <laughs> we were going to do a golden shamrock uh, as a, a thing, but now we're going to be doing a a ghost face spiller, kind of like a play on words, ghost face killer, you know, the rapper Wu-Tang. What's up? <laughs> Woo for life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's when you see his face, you want to puke, so you spill. Get it? Got it good so christina you want to tell us what the ingredients are in this one oh we have a third of amaretto liqueur and then we have a third of jameson whiskey and then a third of pumpkin uh spice latte no pumpkin syrup yeah pumpkin syrup like you would put in your coffee yeah we just you know we've had it since halloween so we were like "Ah, maybe we'll use this that'll work that's always halloweeny it's like you know hope we don't get sick no, yeah, I'm but I, I think it's a I think it's a good mix. I think it's gonna taste pretty good. We'll see. Cheers. Cheers. Not too bad. Might have actually gone better with uh black blue velvet or black velvet. Because that's a thicker kind of whiskey. I just knew it needed to go with whiskey. You wanted to do vodka, and I was like, no, 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 no. It needs it needs whiskey. Okay. 
Yeah, it might be. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. I like it actually. Yeah, it's, it's not good. the greatest. I think we could tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit better. So you might want to control the portions that you put in there. Like if you use the pump pumpkin spice liquid, maybe do do like a half of Jameson and a half of amaretto liqueur, and then do a pump of pumpkin. Because I think the pumpkin was a little too strong. A little too strong. Yeah. yeah. That's just a little minor tweak. We'll put it in the notes. If you'd like to make a ghost face spiller, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. It's halfway to Halloween. You know what that means. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's time for our flesh and potatoes of. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. From 1982 and... Haunt from 2019. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Christina did the work on the first one, so kick it out. All right. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, was released on October 22nd, 1982, right before Halloween. Right. Kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Dr. Daniel Chalice seeks to uncover a plot by silver shamrock owner Connell Cochran. Tagline, the night no one comes home. (laughs) Which is a play on words, by the way, uh, from the original movie's tagline of Halloween called The Night He Came Home. Exactly. This was written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. He's known for assisting John Carpenter in various ca- uh, cap- capacities. Yeah, he was an art director and he was also an editor and then they asked him to do directing this. So mm-hmm. He also directed Fright Night Part 2, which was a really good movie. And he, the werewolf one. And he um, directed It from 1990. And he did two episodes of Max Headroom TV series. God, that show's so weird. <laughs> it just keeps following us. I know. He also wrote the screenplay for Amityville 2, The Possession. Mm, the, the, the Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse fucking haunted version. <laughs> Where the windows are all... <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> And the dad's abusive as fuck. Like he's extremely abusive. And then the sister and the and the brother fuck. Yeah, I guess. That's I don't always remember. the best part. That's my favorite part. Right. Just kidding. I know. <laughs> All right. Movie stars Tom Atkins, who plays Dr. Daniel. Thrill me. He was in the fog. Escape from New York, Creep Show, Night of the Creeps, Lethal Weapon, Maniac Cop, and Trick from twenty nineteen. And a bunch of other stuff. Uh Stacy uh, Nilkin plays Ellie. She was in Bullets Over Broadway from 1994. Uh-huh. And Quakersaurus from 2022. And uh, lots and lots of TV. Yeah. We have Dan O'Hurley, who plays uh, Connell, the CEO. Mm-hmm. He was in Robocop and Robocop 2. That's right. He was in uh, Death Ray 2000. Uh, I forgot he was in Robocop because that's right. He's the one that's like the old man in the yeah, first one. Yeah, he was the old yeah. man. Uh, and this was in lots of TV shows from the 70s. We also have Michael Curry, who plays Rafferty. He was in Sun and Impact, uh, Airplane 2, the sequel, 
And he was also in Dead and Buried from 1991. 1981, I'm sorry. Uh, we have a budget of $2.5 million. It grossed $14 million. And opening weekend, it made $6 million. You know, technically, this isn't a flop, even though it was considered to be one. Right. Because it's of... It's kind of weird. Yeah, right? But I bet you it's because people went into this, going to the theaters expecting something... Of course. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really tell people. Well, they probably did, but the problem is, is that we didn't have internet and shit like that like we do now, so... Yeah, you can't just stop people. Maybe they were trying to... Like, cause I, we'll get into it later, but, you know, I, I, I think the idea was actually a pretty cool idea. It just was not good to surprise people with it. I wanted to mention a person that was a, also an art director and lead sculptor, which was Justin Mabry. He and Tom Berman did the... Tom Berman did the skull mask. Justin Mabry also did a skull mask as well. But um, he did the witch in the pumpkin mask. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tom Berman did the skull mask. So oh. the three skull, you know, the three different right. versions. Right. Uh, which t- Justin Mabry actually owns the company Trick or Treat, who right. makes the masks now. Right. And yeah. And a bunch of stuff. Right. So I just thought it'd be interesting to tell people about that because it's so iconic. Um, my thoughts on this are that. This is a movie that many, many years ago, I remember uh, this was like back in the 90s when I remember my father had a copy of this, you know, on on tape. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I always love the cover of the movie. And I always remember the picture on the back with the kid and the melting face um, with the pumpkin on the back. And I always remember thinking to myself, oh, I just remember that kid's face melting. I don't remember why and I don't remember how. And I remember I was like, it was like back in the day when, you know, the internet was still just starting up and there was a lot of message boards and stuff like that for horror and shit like that. You had, you know, Yahoo message boards and stuff like that. You had AOL kind of coming in as well with some message boards. And then there was like forums and stuff like that that people would also belong to Mm -hmm. that became more popular as it went on. And I remember popping in this movie um during that time and it was like pre i was about 1990 something i don't know and i remember maybe it was about 2000s and i remember thinking to myself you know this is actually a pretty good movie you know like i had always hated it because it didn't have michael myers in it right right and then when i popped it in just randomly just to watch it because i just was on a whim and I went into the message board of this company, this place called uh, Crazy Maisies. If anybody remembers that, please shout out because there's a rare b- breed of us that are out there that used to talk on that thing nonstop about horror in the 2000s. And uh, yeah, I went on there and uh, was talking about that. And and people were like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a second chance again because it has been a while. And one of my buddies who, uh, you know, we, we used to, be pretty close and stuff was ken king who Mm -hmm. actually wrote a script a reboot for what we were going to call season of the witch and Uh it was like sort of my inspiration because i had an idea about people wearing masks that would go crazy and all this oh yeah i remember you telling me about and I, that. I still have the script right here actually or somewhere around here from him i never did get to read the whole damn thing mm-hmm. um but yeah i was really impressed with the movie back then and i was like you know this is a really cool idea and it's kind of a so bad it's good movie you know it's such a big budget film 
that has so many wild, ridiculous, and crazy ideas that are shoved into this movie that has no business having this kind of money. (laughs) But it's so fucking cool. Like, I really like the idea and the concept of what this entire movie's about. Now, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who has never seen it or has never given it a chance or needs to go and revisit it again because I don't want to say too, too much. But let's just say that there is something, an event going on where kids put on these masks and it's the end of the world scenario where if they wear these masks, it'll kill them. And uh, they're waiting for this, like, you know, for Halloween night for all this to come down. And a doctor and some, all these people start dying, basically. And they, they, in really ridiculously weird ways, like the kills in this movie are very unique. And some of the things that happen to, like, in the very beginning of the movie are amazing to, to me. Like, it's like so, so weird and awesome. They like there's like a guy in the beginning of the movie that gets chased by some guys in some suits and you kind of figure out once he dies that there's something more to this and the doctor who examines him is somehow gets looped into this and the daughter of that guy get looped into this thing and they go investigate this whole thing about it but the story is just so fucking bizarre and so goddamn bananas and everything that happens in it is so fucking it's like a pulp fiction novel like it's just so weird like there's something about it that just you know like you just wouldn't think anybody would write something like this in a big budget movie and i honestly think that you could pop this movie on and watch it anytime because not only are the kills good but the dialogue's funny there's some funny situations in it there's some genuinely creepy things in it that i thought were like what the fuck? Like, there's just, it's like, it's like five different movies in one movie sometimes. That's what it feels like. Like, there's so many different elements of things going on, but it has the traditional sleuthing kind of thing going on where these people are trying to figure out what happened to these murders. Trying to solve a mystery. Right. But it is, in a lot of ways, it's, I mean, it's obviously not like Michael Myers, uh, but, you know, it's not a slasher, or is it? I, I don't know. Some people say it is. But I don't think so. I think there are slasher elements in it uh, because these suited guys, you don't know what they are, are going around. The men in black, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, dude, the death, the first death in this movie is fucking unbelievably fucked up. (laughs) And then what happens to the guy who kills him in the beginning of the movie is even better. Mm -hmm. Like, I absolutely love that. Just that. And then when you find out what's going on and how bizarre it gets actually gets and some of the practical effects you get to see in this movie, it's a, it just makes it so much better. Plus, Tom Atkins is in this movie. And honestly, like, he's not the best actor in the world or anything, but I do like him in The Fog. I do absolutely love him in Night of the Creeps. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my favorite movies of his because it's so tongue-in-cheek fucking Tom Atkins. Thrill me. That's why I said that in the beginning of the movie, in the episode. Oh. Um, but yeah, I would probably give this at least a 7.5 out of 10. I think mm-hmm. it's a movie that, you know... I'll rewatch all the time, probably more than a lot of the franchise of Halloween because I'm not the biggest Halloween fan. And I, I just like I just like how weird and fun this one is. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of fun for what it is. If you don't look at it as part of Halloween franchise, then it's it's actually pretty cool. And I really wish that they could have started something where it would have been like these single stories that are like, 
you know, like Tales from the Crypt, but an hour and a half long, like, you know, Bordello of Blood or, you know, the the Demon Knight. You know, that's kind of what they were going for here. They wanted to kind of make their own sort of mythos with John Carpenter producing. Right. And doing these like stuff that happens on Halloween. Right. On every Halloween night. Yeah. Which is very cool. And, 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 you know, why not if they have the name? Right. Right. That's what they were thinking. I don't think it was a bad idea. I think that they went around about it kind of wrong. Right. And how they did it. And it just wasn't the time for it yet. And maybe, who knows, maybe in the future we'll get some sort of version of that Mm -hmm. in some form of like, you know, Masters of Horror or. You know, it'll just be called Halloween. They'll produce it. Mm-hmm. Or oh, like... Halloween Nights. Right, yeah. Halloween Nights of Terror. Oh, Hallow's Eve. Yeah, you don't, no, I can't use that because oh, that's actually a movie. Is that, it? Yeah, that's what the ter- Terrifier is from. Oh, yeah. Lame. <laughs> anyway, I would... Yeah, at least a solid 7.5 out of 10. It's not perfect, but I love it just the same because of how weird it is. And that first kill and the way that the guy dies at the end of it is just amazing. And all the fucking weird shit that happens in this movie is great. What about you? So I'm not the biggest Halloween fan, obviously. So I actually thought this was pretty good. Okay. (laughs) This is probably my favorite Halloween movie. (laughs) Now, had you seen this before? Uh, I I think I have. Yeah, I have. You, were, talk, you were talking about it. You're like, hey, I've seen this. Yeah. I see, but it, it wasn't something like I pop on all the time because it's part of that franchise. Or, eh, you it's know? a perfect half, halfway to Halloween movie. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But uh, it's it's a great like departure from Michael Myers too. Which, but but on the other hand, I can understand why people are get so upset and uptight about this movie. But it blinds we, them, yeah. We, yeah, like I get it, um, but... Because we all went through it. But... uh. But yeah, it's it's a good overall movie. Uh, the kill scenes were really good and creative, creative and freaky, and like the atmosphere was really eerie, and the the music and the scenery were really eerie and creepy and stuff and Halloweeny. Yeah, the plot was okay. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. Just like last week, I didn't like how we have a young woman who gets help from an older gentleman, <laughs> investing the the death of a family member. Yeah, that was you know, a big 70s and 80s thing. I don't know what it was about, but because women weren't couldn't do things on their own. That's why they needed right. a man there to protect them. And of course, them they the, only want to date men that are as old as their father. Yeah, you know, because, you know, that's whatever. All, that's all women want, right? Of but course. But she couldn't do anything without him, you know, around. You know, he had a chauffeur around and shit, even though they did make him out to be, you know, the cheating husband and the the <laughs> promiscuous, you know, guy, which I also thought was kind of funny. But, you know, they took a risk and it didn't work. But even after all these years, people still talk about it. So that's kind of a good risk. Yeah. Because people always talk about this sequel. I feel like... Whether you like it or hate it, people still talk about it. I know it's not because of me, but I feel like in some ways that I contributed... <laughs> Or I was one of the earliest people to adopt this movie as like, hey, this is actually still pretty good before it became popular. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it matters. I'm just saying like, it's just, it's kind of interesting that so many people hated it. And that's the beauty of watching movies again later on is that you can watch one movie the first time, not like it at all for whatever reason. It might just be something that is going on or movies you've seen at that time that might have disturbed the way that it was too familiar of other movies something like that but then you can pop it on just obligatory out of the blue and then boom 
it's a new movie for you. And you're like, why did I hate this? It's crazy to me. So, right. I mean, do you have other movies that you do that with or? Uh, I think so, but there's so many movies that we have now. Like, I don't really rewatch movies anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I'd give it a seven out of 10. I'd watch it again. It's a good Halloween movie. Okay. Seven out of 10, not too bad. 7.25 from both of us. So yeah, I'm, uh, I think that's definitely worth a watch. I think you guys should check it out if you haven't. I'd be surprised if most people haven't now, you know, like it's become kind of, it's got, it's already gone through its phase of like <laughs> when it, when it came out on Blu-ray again and everybody wanted it to get it again, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, the Scream Factory version of it. They put it out on 4k, which looks beautiful, by the way, this is a movie that Ryan gave us by the way. So that was nice of him. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I think it looks fantastic. The case for it is amazing. The extras are all in it, you know, from the, on the Blu-ray, but you, you can, the 4K's got a little bit on there too. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we do have a little bit of trivia and some thoughts to talk about things in the movie. Some of our favorite scenes and things like that. Where can you watch it, Christina? I saw it on Amazon for three ninety nine. It says Hulu here too. What is that? Oh, it. No, who haunts on Hulu and Amazon? For sure. <coughs> oh, okay. So it's you can rent it for three ninety nine, or you can pick up the four K for like thirty bucks or something like that. It might have gone down in price actually, but I had to buy that. I already have like the all of the Halloween movies, and I actually wanted that on four K. So that should tell you something. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, let's get into our spoiler section, our trivia, and our spoilers. If you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So this is a, you know, this is supposed to be the one, the movie to make, and we're going to do a new Halloween movie every year. So they were going to churn out these like wild uh, ideas every year mm-hmm. and just keep the business flowing for Halloween every year and re- release it on Halloween or close to because all the other movies didn't get on Halloween. But, you know, right? they would do it a year and a half or so in between each of the movies. So, um Obviously, the song in this is super iconic and also super annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, the song London Bridges Falling Down. You know, five yeah. more days till Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Halloween, yeah. Halloween. Starts off with eight. and the, uh, But yeah, it was chosen as the silver. Sil- it was chosen as the silver shamrock jingle because it's public domain. So <laughs> they can do that. Oh. But the Silver Shamrock theme was played a number of times in the movie. Can you guess how many? A hundred. Seemed like it. I mean, come on. That's a bit much. Twenty. Fourteen times. Oh, I was close. Yeah, very close to a hundred, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it had a one in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also another iconic thing in this movie that has become very popular is the mass, which I mentioned. And... um they i think they licensed out um there was like when the movie came out they had masks that were made three of them mm-hmm. that you could buy they were very super limited very and they're super ultra rare but they were not the same masks that were in the movie oh so when trick or treat bought the the company or did it he mm-hmm. said i have all the old molds so mass production yeah she's like we might as well make the ones that were in the movie so they did now in the movie they talk about they glow in the dark and everything like that that didn't come till later they even have a ouija board now that's like a version of that ouija board Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting that they were able to to do that i think it's cool Mm -hmm. 
Now, the town that this this factory that Conquering or whatever takes over and is like making these masks the in the movie, of course, is called Santa Mira, which is also the same setting for Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. So the one with the well, was that the it was original? in black and white, yeah. Oh, okay. Not the the one that the we seventies, yeah. One. I love the seventies one. It's the just, remake. Yeah, the remake is amazing. So this was the original. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Tommy, we the Tommy Lee Wallace was the um like I mentioned we talked about he was a art director and an editor of the Halloween movie. He was not a fan of Halloween too. He was really upset about that movie being put out uh-huh. and thought it should have ended. So. He was really caught off guard when Deborah hit him up and was like, hey, you want to direct the third movie? And he was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a part of this. She's like, oh, it has nothing to do with Michael. And he was like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that he didn't like Michael Myers. He just didn't think it should have continued on. Right. He liked the ending so much of the first one. Right. Because it left it open. Right. Um, Which makes sense. Right. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people feel that way. I like part two. I don't know why everybody's so fucking hateful of that. Maybe they should have made this a part two, and then maybe they could have done the, the you know, every year one. Well, and that's where everybody's always like, well, Michael Myers was in part three. Okay, we get it. So was Laurie Strode. So was Jamie Lee Curtis. We get it. They're on the TV screen in the bar and on the TV screen later on. Yeah, but then they could have, for each sequel, they could have put the movie from the the year before. Oh, on the TV? On the TV. Or what about the next one? If they were doing it ahead well, of time. Well, this isn't Scream, okay? <laughs> Get real meta about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Deborah Hill, who also helped make all the Halloween movies, had a, an idea of basically doing witchcraft in the modern world, and John Carpenter and her kind of worked together. There's a lot of writers on this film, you know, because there's so many people attached to it. Mm-hmm. They all kind of had a hand in it. But, of course, like you mentioned, Nigel um, uh, Neal, actually jumped on he did a lot of the beginning of the movie he also kind of kind of worked in stuff from quarter quarter mass in the pit from 1967 which he wrote but you know john carpenter was always a fan of john of quarter mass like he's a fan of those old 50s 60s movies i mean that's where the thing came from that's you know like that's his bread and butter that's what he grew up with as a kid you know so the movie's novelization they actually made a book on this by the way was published in 1982 by science fiction writer dennis etchison under the pseudonym jack martin and obviously the movie did terrible but apparently the book became the bestseller and was even reissued two years after the movie's release in 1984. Oh. So I'd be kind of interested in reading that book, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, why not? Maybe there's more stuff in it than we know. You right. Know? Other than that, we can kind of go into some of our scenes. I got a little bit of trivia tucked into here. Do you want to talk about kind of your overall vibe and thoughts of this movie and what you liked about it so much, specifically that you couldn't do in the spoiler-free Oh, well, the kills, uh, especially at the beginning. Yes. When the, the guy, like, ends up in the hospital, and he's, like, laying in the bed, and he's holding on to that pumpkin mask. Right. Um, They're going to kill us all. Yeah. He was bitching about that, and then the guy, like, the man in black, like, shows up in gloves and shit, gets on, did and he puts, like, it's so cool how they did this, because he puts his two fingers 
um, which looks like he's putting him over his eyes, but he's actually grabbing the in-between of the nose. Yeah, the bridge of the, the nose. The bridge of the nose in between the eyes. And you think he's going to like pop his eyeballs out, but no, he's actually grabbing like that top part of the nose and like pulls it up and then like breaks it in between his eyes. Yeah, it pops. Yeah, and then you see like blood coming Dude, out of his nose. Dude, that is the most disturbing fucking kill to me. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it's just such an odd... Yeah, like, what the place, fuck were they like, thinking? Like, is does that kill the brain or something? Like I, think, that? I think necessity is the mother of invention, and I think they were like, let's do something different, you know? Like, right. we, we've seen it all. Let's do something different. And I, I by God, they did do something different yeah. there. I don't know what the fuck they were doing, yeah. but it was unnatural. <laughs> yeah, and every time I, I see that scene, it's always like you have to, like, look. Like, you can't put your eyes away. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's just so odd. It's like, what the fuck and, is he doing? And then I loved after the guy, like, does it, he, he walks out of the hospital and by that time, like, well, not by that time, but towards the end of the movie, you know, like, this guy's a robot. Right. So he, like, self-destructs, like, in the car. Well, no, no, he doesn't self-destruct. He pours gasoline. Oh, yeah, that's right. He pours All gasoline. over his face. And then, and then sets the himself on fire. Dude, that's so amazing. I love that. Yeah, and then it's just like, what the fuck is going on Dude, here? what a way to start a fucking movie is what I say. You know what I mean? Like. Exactly. It's just like. Okay, what the fuck was that? And why why is this guy suicide fucking killing himself after popping some dude's nose who's holding a mask? Yeah. Like there's so many questions that you have at the beginning of this movie and and none of the ideas that you have in your mind are ever going to match what is actually happening behind the curtain <laughs> by the end of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> Which it's like modern witchcraft they stole one of the stones of the, the something of Stonehenge. They stole a stone. Oh yeah. And they're using its power to basically make microchip tags to put on the back of mass to kill all the children. So that they could do a countdown to Sam Hain. Right. And destroy and melt kids' heads into a pile of maggots, worms, insects and bugs and snakes sign me up <laughs> i want to join the fuck i want to join like that's where's so the, amazing where's, I don't the, know. where's this cult let's sign up let's like, go who thinks of this shit that is so bizarre like it is so mind-bendingly bizarre that it, how can you not like that for its own originality Right. It doesn't make sense at all but i could give two fucks about that when i see it on the screen and it's happening. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, I, that. can you imagine someone going, yeah, I don't know, man. Halloween 3 just doesn't seem very realistic. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, that shit doesn't work for every movie, you dildo. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, when I see that complaint, I'm like, yeah, it's also a fictional movie, by the way. And yes, we get Michael that. Myers isn't realistic. Yeah, what but the? that's what people wanted to argue about with Michael Myers all the time. That's what they always do. It's either oh. it's not realistic enough or it's not realistic. So confused. Or I mean, <laughs> it's not realistic enough or it's too realistic. Or let's just watch a fucking movie. <laughs> I just want to have fun, man. If you guys can throw some weird shit on there that doesn't have to make sense all the time, like fucking uh, malignant, fucking let's go. Let's fucking go. I want to see some fucked up shit on the screen. I don't care if it makes, I don't care if two points meet. I just want to see 
some mysterious shit going on that I have no idea what to expect and it being completely original for that reason. Mm -hmm. Tom Atkins is Dan the Doctor who is, you know, he's of course got to be downtrodden a little bit where he's like a a shitty father. (laughs) A shitty father and a divorcee. And a doctor. And a doctor, yeah. He's like a a playboy doctor, you know. He's haunted uh, by this and teams up with the daughter of the man who was killed. So he tags along with her to where they make these masks in the Santa Mira town. Where Donna, where was it? Cochran is like the guy who's in control, which I love how he just blows off his ex wife and kids for this, like so many times in the movie. Fuck those bitches. He's like, he's got a six pack on top of the fucking on the telephone box. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go fuck this shit right now. (laughs) And then, like, they end up, of course, you know, that leads to their inevitable sex scene with them, which, by the way, Tom Atkins' wife is in this movie. Yeah. In the same hotel. Yeah. She's the lady that gets her face melted off. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, let me explain. During a reunion panel for the cast and crew of the movie in the summer of 2015, Tom Atkins and Stacey Nelkin confirmed that the bedroom scene was one of their very first things that they shot together. They both found this to be humorous because Nelkin had been quickly cast as Ellie Grimbridge due to the time restraints that they had on the studio's part and they had barely gotten acquainted beforehand so they had to just jump right into a sex scene instantly like which I'm sure was probably (laughs) really awkward Uh especially when your wife is fucking I don't I don't know how they shot it in order or whatever you know he basically has there's multiple guests in the hotel room including a mass factory um, there's like a salesman guy with his family in there and this other lady who's who's uh, in a small shop in from San Francisco and she's she's complaining about the one of the masks that she's like look at this label it just came right off it's kind of cheap don't you think so I'm gonna go down and talk to the owner and see if he can give me a discount or something mm-hmm. he tells Ellie or whatever and she goes into the room that night and notices that the tags on the floor and she sees that there's a microchip in the back of it and she's like oh my god and there's picking at it yeah she starts fucking with it and it fucking blasts her with a laser blast to the face her face puckers up like a goddamn fucking meat flower (laughs) i love how they had her mouth like fold back and her teeth it was so weird and she was like still breathing and trying to talk dude it reminds me of a scene in this movie called body melt that vinegar syndrome put out as well it was from the special effects team that did the matrix by the way uh it's a really weird aussie film that is like I don't know. It's be it's like about like this supplement that people take to get healthy and like muscled up uh-huh. and they turn into piles of fucking nothing. Like it's almost kind of like street trash, but also kind of like the thing. And then it's also got the humor of like something like uh, Undead, mm-hmm. which is a Kiwi film. Anyway, uh, I just thought it was cool. Like her whole fucking face gets destroyed. Apparently the actress Garn Stevens, which is Tom Atkins wife at the time, uh, she did not want to play do the part where they would explode explosives on her face. She oh. refused to, so they had to have someone else uh, stand in. in. But Which they didn't even sense. really show it that much. Yeah, and then that those bugs started coming out of her Dude, mouth. Dude, the that... Jerusalem cricket, by the way, gross. It's a type of fucking cricket that can be found in South America. Well, not South America, America South, <laughs> and in Mexico. Yeah. It's so, like the Jesus of fucking Dude, they're meaty ass crickets, dude. They look fucking it's gross. giant. It's <laughs> gross. It is gross. 
She had one of those fucking little bastards crawl out of her fucking her beak. <laughs> her blasted beak. That's what we should have called the drink. A blasted beak. <laughs> if we were going to do Halloween 3, I guess. Um. Anyway, Mr. Concrete appears and he's like, they take them away and they're just like, oh yeah, she's fine. I get out. I'll take her to get to help that she needs. You know? Yeah, I'll take her back to the plant. And of the course. Warehouse. Right. And of course, he's dealing with robots because he was in RoboCop. So, you know. Of course, he doesn't. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to him <laughs> being in movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got like a beefy fucking robot that like walks down the street, and it's like dressed up like a human with a little tiny head. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Do you know that big robot, the like one right. that they were trying to use instead of RoboCop? Uh huh. Because they were like, it's a tank. Right. It can't be destroyed. Anyway. So I like the part when they when they actually went to the plant, they're like touring it, and then they shove the couple with the kid in the locked room. Oh yeah, to right? test out some new footage for the fucking thing. That was the craziest shit right there too. Yeah, and then they turned on the TV, and it was like, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And then the the thing on the back of the mask goes off, and the mom's like laughing and shit, like as her, her yeah, like dad, they're getting high her, off it or something. Yeah. As uh, the kid's face was getting like sucked in by the mask, you know. Yeah, um, I don't know how they did that scene, but it's the mask is all oily and melting, and yeah, and then uh, his head starts rotting, and then he faints, and then the bugs start crawling out of his mask, and then the mom faints, and then the dad screams, and then snakes start coming out of the mask. Yeah, what the and fuck? And then the the, the snake, snake bites, bites the, the dad. dad. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Dude, I've, I I love that dad in, in so many ways. Like, I don't know why, but he's just like that, that, hey, you know, Tom Johnson, you know, come on down. Get your dry out. Yeah, he reminds me of the dude from uh, Raising Arizona. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Nathan the, Jr., Nathan, Nathan something or whatever. You yeah, know? the furniture salesman. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just kind of reminds me of that. I don't know why. Uh, there were other deaths in the movie, though, too, but those are the two that are really, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of thought it was interesting, like, how they explain why this is happening, which it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's, like, this montage where all of these, like, kids in different cities are wearing masks, sitting down, waiting for the giveaway commercial that will eventually melt their face off into crickets and snakes and shit. <laughs> And which, by the way, the cover of the original Halloween 3 movie is the kids, you know, like in their trick-or-treat outfits up against this orange sky, right? Mm -hmm. That is a night sky of Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. Oh, yeah. Woot! I never knew that, but, you know. Not the prettiest of sunsets. That's No, but it still looks really cool. Like, I always loved the cover of Halloween 3. Yeah. I really did. Oh, yeah, because that's the Phoenix, like, skyscraper. Right, well, they were on. They were like on South Mountain or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just really cool because you could. I mean, they might have been up in Cave Creek actually. Yeah, I don't know. It all looks the same, really. So. Yeah, well, it's true. It's kind of South old. Mountain, North Mountain, like it. It all looks the same because it's a valley. We're in a valley, so. But what was the reason why that he wanted to, his master plan was that you know. Cogrid says to Dan the reason why is that Halloween isn't celebrated anymore and the one that happened 3,000 years ago the hills ran red with blood of children which you know he must he must have been a democrat because they always drink the blood of children that's how we survive (laughs) 
<laughs> Sat- fuck, fuck them kids. Satanic pedophiles. They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> We're making jokes here, guys. Calm down. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, but he's like, it's time for that again. And he says, happy Halloween to Dan. Puts the, the, the skull mask on him and then puts the commercial on so he can melt his head, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like an hour and 16 minutes when that happens. And uh, and the sacrifices that they're making, which this is why they're killing all these kids, is referred to by Daniel are references to the pagan tradition rituals that were developed in the early stages of the ancient holiday, supposedly. Cochran says he's based his plan on the ancient holiday of Samhain, and many of the accustoms that are associated with Halloween holiday have their roots in Samhain. But I am a little on the funky side of believing the ritualistic aspect of that because the more and more you find out about, like, pagan holidays... They weren't as they were malevolent ki- as they were. They were killing kids yeah. and shit. Christianity has, like, literally... Skewed, They've like, tried to change... They literally moved, like, Jesus never came out... His birthday is not on December 25th, technically. Right, it's like July something. Right, they changed the holiday to kind of meet pagan traditions so that they could grab... Take it over. They could indoctrinate and, and convert... Uh, pagans into the holiday. That's why we have the May, May Day and all this other shit. Oh. That the spring holiday, Easter, yeah, and we have Christmas and stuff. At and this Equinox. is all factual, guys. I don't care if you're religious. We don't mind people who are religious. We're just saying that this is what this is what happened. Technically, uh, what was the plan to kind of move people away from paganism? Um, and if that didn't work, you know, they would just burn them alive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have a left hand. That's interesting. Well, you're dead now. I'm going to burn you alive. I'll see you in heaven. I mean, hell. Excuse me. (laughs) Anyway, the technicians at Shamrock Factory are still making the the deadly computer chips at this scene, though, which is hilarious to me because it's that night, right? Like an hour's, just a few hours away, Mm -hmm. and these robots are still slaving away making chips for what? Another apocalypse? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are they doing? Right. It doesn't make any sense. So, like, you know, they're working on the blue stone an hour before the big giveaway, and and these chips and thousands of others and boxes around the factory will just never be used, I guess. You know, because Conquer's goal was to have been achieved after 9 p.m. That was the goal. Mm-hmm. Had to get it done by 9 p.m. That was the, the main thing. So I thought that was kind of funny. So we also find out the other thing that's really funny is that when they escape, they get away is that they blow up the place and drive away by throwing the microchips all over the computer console. It makes no sense to me, but I guess because they're counting down or whatever. I don't know what the fuck they're charging up or something, but Ellie is a robot in the car and she starts acting weird and causes them to wreck and her arm gets ripped off in the scuffle and he like breaks her head off with a tire iron and she still keeps coming at him and it's like, holy shit, Jesus Everybody's a robot. Yeah. So there was a different ending. At the end, we get Dr. Dan, Tom Atkins, screaming into the phone at the same gas station that the guy who died in the hospital went to in the beginning of the movie, down the street from the factory, and he's like, you got to stop the goddamn fucking commercials. You're going to kill kids. What do you mean prove it? Just take my word for it. (laughs) Stop it, goddamn it. Stop. I'm a doctor, goddammit. You'll do what I say. <laughs> I slept with this woman earlier and I'm proud of it. You need to do what I say. God damn it. Anyway, so 
Daniel CL's stop it on the phone multiple times at the movie's very ending and the screen cuts to black and then the ending credits roll, right? So now originally this, and I'm so sad that they didn't do this. Originally, the ending theme wasn't going to be played during the credits. Instead, it was supposed to be the screams of millions of children being murdered and melted to oh, death. Oh, that would have been so much better. He Apparently, Tommy, uh, director Tommy Lee Wallace decided not to add this so that the ending could be sort of ambiguous and add a possibility that they were saved. But, you know, they had that one channel that wasn't... Right. Like, all the channels went. They kept except changing. the one. Except the one. And then when Tom Atkins saw this new ending, he was much more satisfied with the movie in spite of the critical reception. And and he likes to imagine that his character's struggles weren't in vain or his own children at the very least didn't die because he abandoned them at home by themselves for some... <laughs> yeah, some, pussy. Some pussies. All right, thanks, Christina. You're welcome. You make me feel better. <laughs> Anyway, so we do have another movie. Love to hear what you think about this one. Do you guys love it as much as we do uh, or more? Um, I mean, it could go up higher, you know, over the years. But, yeah, I just feel like it's like a so bad it's good film in a way. But it's also really entertaining and just like bizarre. So but we do have another movie for Halloween to talk about. And this one is Haunt from 2019. This is a movie that was originally uh, put on Shutter service, the streaming service. On Halloween, a group of friends encounter an extreme, quote-unquote, haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. Extreme. Extreme! Papa Surge. The night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying realization that some nightmares are real. This is a dual team, a director-writer team. Scott Beck and Brian Woods, they both were writers on A Quiet Place and, a, and the sequel, and the new Boogeyman movie coming out. And they also wrote and directed that new movie with Adam Driver in it and the fucking dinosaurs or whatever. It's called oh, 65, 65 oh. million years have you, earlier. Have is you watched it yet? Yeah. Oh. I did. And it, it's... There's good stuff in it, but it's just kind of average. Does it hit? Yeah. Okay. Like, he, everything kind of works. It's just kind of meh, you know? Oh, okay. Not a, you know, and I think it's because we are just, I think our faces have been fucked raw to death by dinosaurs, so it really just isn't all that special. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would almost rather it have been, like, another planet and then just do it, like, you know, Vin Diesel style, uh-huh. you know, where there's all these new creatures that are trying to attack him. Mm-hmm. Pitch black style. You know what I mean? uh, but anyway, we got producer Eli Roth on board here who uh, was interested in the script and enjoyed it. And I'll tell you more about that in the extras. We got stars Katie Stevens, who plays Harper, the main girl in the movie. She's sort of the, I guess we could say final girl. Polaroid was one of the first movies she was in. The bold type. TV show as well, Faking It TV as well, and a few other things. He's pretty new. We got Will Britton, who plays Nathan, the love interest. He was in The Forever Purge, Colony TV show, and The Road to Galena, which is a new movie. Lauren Alyssa McLean, who plays Bailey, she also is a music maker. She actually made some music in Black Lightning TV show, Descendants Wicked World TV, and a lot more. 
So, but she has acted in the same movie, The Descendants Wicked World TV show, Step Up High Water TV show too, and more. We also have Andrew Lewis Caldwell, who plays Evan, the big funny guy uh-huh. in the movie. He's funny. The He actually was in the movie, The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, also, we have Danger Force TV show, The da- the Death Loop game that uh, just came out not too long ago, and Henry Danger TV. We also have Shazi Raja, who plays Angela, who gets, she uh, she has something happen to her in this movie. I won't say what it is. She plays Angela. She was in Salvation TV show, God Friend Me TV show, The Resident TV show, Mira, Royal Detective TV show, and more. We also have Schuler Helford, who plays Mallory. She was in Call Me Cat TV show, Indoorsy, and more. We got Chaney Morrow, who plays the character Ghost. I'm not going to go through every character, by the way, just this one, because he was my favorite. Uh, he was in Wrong Turn Reboot, Dark Waters, Sacred Grounds, Forbidden, and Malum. And then we also have another one, I, I should say, is Damien Ma- uh, Mafai, who plays the devil in this movie. He is in Wrong Turn Reboot as well, The Strangers Pray at Night, A Nun's Curse, Monsterland 2, and Terror Trips. This movie came out August 8th, 2019 at Popcorn Frights Film Festival. And the box office for this movie, even though it was very limited, was $2.4 million, so not bad. Christina, what did you think of this fine film? Hello. Well, I th- I've seen this movie before. I think we saw it when it came out. I think we watched it on Shutter. I think I forced you to watch it after I did. Yeah, because you're like, you go watch blah, blah, blah. And right. I, and honestly... I was like, oh, God, it's a bunch of college kids going to a haunted house. Not my favorite thing, but it's perceived as one thing and it's something completely different. And it's very good because of the atmosphere and it's psychologically clever and it has like an element of surprise and a really good buildup. Even though you're always like, what the fuck are they doing? But really, they're doing what anybody would do. Right. Honestly, um, I like how it's happening on Halloween. It's, uh, ha- you know, on Halloween night. And then uh, I like how, like, these weak kids are, like, overpowering psychopaths. <laughs> these people are psychopaths. But I like how the killers are kind of, uh, it, 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 it's not all of a sudden you know who they are. It's, like, a slow process where they get unmasked and, you know, stuff like that, you know. The only thing I did not like about this movie, it, and I'm not spoiling anything, but there's a scene where there is an escape room, which is so fucking annoying to me. I hate escape rooms. Yeah, she's getting triggered I, with it. Oh, it's just fucking, it's stupid. <laughs> to me. I mean, if you like escape rooms, that's cool. That's cool. It's just, I don't have the patience uh-huh. or the fucking... Wherewithal? I'm just kidding. Patience <laughs> to do escape rooms. I find them annoying. I have to go. If I have to do one, I, I'd bring a kid with me, you know, because the kid would figure it out faster than me. I just lose interest. Anyway, I did not like the escape room scene. And I overall, though, I did like the movie and I give this one a seven out of ten, too. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, mine is a pretty solid score on this. I might have scored a little high when I first saw it. <laughs> I was like kind of blown away buy it because it's a it's a simple it's a simple kind of story and it is kind of tricky and it's very smart a lot of people will watch this movie and think oh it's you know it's just kind of a straightforward movie and blah 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 blah. 
But every scene is very meticulously well written and thought out. Like every single piece in it that is it is made to stir some sort of uncomfortable emotion from you. And, you know, listening to them speak on the extras really gave me kind of insight into a lot of the things that I was kind of questioning about this film. And they really did do a lot of this intentionally in the movie to make it have a very diverse first half and second half, Mm -hmm. including the music being changed in style from the first to second half. Because this movie, when you first start watching it, you're going to be like, Oh, God, this is one of those regular old fucking dumbass movies, and I'm not going to like it. And they kind of lure you in with that. They're Mm -hmm. like, you know, like when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, God, what are these fucking stupid masks that these fucking killers are wearing in this haunted house? But no, it gets better. That's just one of the many layers that this movie has. There are a lot of scenes where they're like, playing with danger and suspense in a lot of different ways that it makes this movie infinitely more interesting. Mm -hmm. A lot of the characters, the killers and stuff are not talkative, but one of them is and kind of lures people around. There's other things that happen that it's like in your mind, it is kind of playing with the hope factor in your brain. Mm-hmm. because you go into this place and you're kind of like on edge anyway. You're like, oh my God, what if it was real? You know, you're going for that joy, right? When you go into a haunted house, it's like, what if it were real? I'm just trying to get a taste of like danger in my life. You know, that's why people go to these things. Well, what if the fucking danger is real? And then are you able to cope with that? And also there's another metaphor tucked into this in the backstory of one of the main characters, which is dealing with a past trauma that really blends into this whole fucking thing, like perfectly. It's Mm -hmm. like a perfect metaphor for the overcoming all of these obstacles and everything like that, which is fantastic. So it even has another layer of depth in this seemingly fucking straightforward, regular old horror movie with lots of gore, lots of suspense, lots of really interesting moments that make you go like, what would I do in that situation? You know, there is one scene where someone tries to pick a lock. There is another scene with fucking, you know, there are some minor, minor gripes that I can have with this movie. Yeah. One of them being the nail gun thing that uh, the guys over at the Buzzkill podcast always complain about, which is the fucking (laughs) shout out, by the way, uh, is that the fucking gun has a safety lock mechanism on it. Yeah. And, And horror movies always fuck that up. I don't know why. But aside from those few minor gripe things, if you can make it past the first 30 minutes, you will get into this movie. Mm -hmm. It will change for you. It will be even better. And some of the makeup effects that are done in this movie are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like some of the gore elements in this movie are fucking like kind of gross and like really fucked up in some ways. You know what I mean? It's not the most gory film I've ever seen. This is not Evil Dead Rise, okay? (laughs) Levels of gore. But the story, the trying to get out, the, the the final girl and everything in this I really actually liked. And it's all kind of done on a, on a cast that's not really familiar, mm-hmm. which is even better because it's like... It, More realistic. It does feel realistic. Like their bonds and stuff in this movie feel really kind of natural. These aren't like 
over-the-top actors and actresses, you know what I mean? They are just regular kind of actors, like working actors and stuff. And I'm sure they're very talented, I'm just saying. Compared to what other movies you might see, you might have a vibe off of this right away that might make you not want to see it. But trust me, stick through it and watch it, and you will appreciate it to some degree. Now, whether you like it as much as I do, I've rewatched this movie probably like four times now. Mm -hmm. This is my fourth time watching it. And I not only do I like what it does in the film, but I appreciate the level of depth that they thought about these scenes and how they shot these scenes and hearing them talk about how their favorite thing about they used to get like some, I think it was a teacher or something that, that would come in and just show them clips of movies of like horror movies and they would remember these iconic scenes. So when they did these shots in the movie, they put that into perspective or like these shots have to really look good when people die or get hurt or, you know, um, I love the ending of this movie. I thought that was really good. I love the strife and struggle that all these people go through. I like the way that they toy with these characters in the movie. And I like how brutal it is. It's it's a pretty straightforward movie, but the concept feels a lot bigger. Almost something like uh, The Collector, if you've ever seen that movie. It always kind of has that air about it, that there's something bigger going on behind the scenes that you don't really know about and that mystery really lures you into the very end so i would give this movie an eight out of ten mm -hmm. i think i gave it like a nine out of ten or something like that or a ten out of ten but it's like an eight or an 8.5 for me you know like i really really enjoyed it uh for what it did on so little money and they have some really great ideas um yeah so that's what i think about that so you give it a seven mm -hmm. i gave it an eight uh, we get this uh, 7.5. So it's a little bit higher than Halloween 3. Some people are going to be like, that's no way. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I still like modern stuff. Right. And this movie really did surprise me. Like, it is good. Mm -hmm. Especially it's a smaller budget than Halloween 3 is. You know, Tom Atkins is great and all. I love him. But the pacing in this one feels a little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a haunted house where you they touch you? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they I had to sign a document or whatever yeah. so that they could. Like there, you yeah, you have to sign a release. They used to have one out by Fear Farm, which did a bunch of different ones. Right, I think and, that's the one I went to. Yeah, that was the first one I, I did. I don't think they do it anymore, but I, I, it's I've never too much done problematic. it. Yeah, I've never done it. So well, you got that other guy who does the hardcore one oh, where th that's a, that he guy's literally is like jerking off behind. That guy's a psychopath. <laughs> Stupid. Some, I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's a visionary. You know, I mean, hey, we got Doctor Death who's like killing people, and you'd think he's a psychopath. You know, or well, is he's he... killing people? Yeah, but these people come out of there and they're like having a you know not just ptsd but a life-changing moment <laughs> not only do they get on kalanapins and xanax but they have trauma for the rest of their i don't care i if i wouldn't actually i wouldn't do any as long if you're allowed to like pull me and and that kind of stuff i should be allowed to 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 fucking punch you right back right by the way um this movie is not that extreme in this oh, movie no, no. when it comes to like how they it's like a, it's like a slow they're supposed to they're making a haunted house that's uh so innocuous that you would think that nothing bad would happen mm -hmm. but they make them sign 
release forms, forms in the beginning just so that you know it's like this scary thing and it's really just kind of they're kind of down like the the play like the people that are going in are downplaying it while the people inside are hyping it up mm-hmm. so i don't know i like it i really think it's good let's get into the trivia aspect and the uh sort of spoilers of this movie um if you don't want anything spoiled you can actually watch this i think it's still on shutter and it is on hulu and Amazon on, on Amazon, yeah. Wait to just watch, For free, yeah, to watch. Oh, so it might not be on Shutter anymore. Yeah, but if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So, this uh, the the whole warehouse and everything that they shot this in was apparently shot in uh, Moline, Moline's, Illinois, where they're they were raised. Mm-hmm. The two directors are like best friends. Oh, was it a real haunted house? It's an actual haunted uh, house location that they do like every year. Oh, okay. And they were like, "Why don't we just do it here?" You know, there was they didn't use any of the same props or anything like that, but they kind of redesigned it to make it their own. Well, yeah, you have to fit the cameras in, so it makes sense. Right. They rebuilt it to their liking, but the space is definitely used for a real haunted uh, location or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to make this sort of like a metaphorical movie film about Harper, who is an abused woman who is kind of dealing with, like, wearing a mask herself. Like, she is putting on a mask in front of her friends because she's being abused behind the scenes, and she doesn't want anybody to know about it because she's sort of, like, is attached and stuck with this guy. And so they thought that that would be kind of an interesting topic to tackle, like how you feel there's no escape and just like going into a haunted attraction where you're going to be killed. It's like, it's like a double entendre about escaping that, but also the trauma that prepared her for that Mm -hmm. in the same regard. So like, even though she went through all this fucked up thing of like her family and her boyfriend and this like long line of like mistreatment from life, which yeah, fuck you God. uh, If you're going to be putting someone through that much shit, it also kind of prepared her to protect herself and be the final girl by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they wanted to kind of keep that kind of theme going throughout the whole movie. It's not thrown in your face or anything, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of brought up like one, two, three times in the whole movie. <laughs> and then like the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe two times in the middle of the movie and then the end. So it could well, be. They did a good shot. Like when she's underneath a bed. Right, and, I love you know, that. They were that shooting, good. like going back and forth just to see the perspective of what she was going through at the moment. And I have some trivia on that. We'll get into that. Um, they did want to make, you know, like this kind of have an old style with the masks because there's just something inherently creepy about those old Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. To them, that's what they were thinking. But they wanted to play with that on the surface is not always the same as what is underneath it. So don't take everything for face value, in other words, you know. Right. Um. So they wanted to have that sort of layer underneath, which, you know, of course we find out that the guy's face underneath are a fucking real nightmare, <laughs> kind of based on the mask that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting, I thought. And I really liked how they did it. They were like, okay, we want to go for a modifi- modification look where people are getting their faces modded to kind of fit these, like, character-esque things. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, the guy that, that wants to be, like, a, a jaguar or whatever, you know, or, right, right. you know, or you know, change his body to look like, you know, a Barbie doll or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, they did the, my, my favorite, by the way, is the ghost. What's mm-hmm. your favorite? Oh, I like the clown. The, the clown, clown is cool. good, too. I like him. And the him. guy with the melty face. Is that the ghost guy? The ghost, yeah. Oh, okay. 
Dude, the ghost is my favorite thing in the movie. <laughs> I well, love yeah, him. because he is your beacon of hope. And I love how he toys really. with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the makeup effects on his shit, his shit too is like fucking yeah horrifying. Were any of those like real? Real? No. Because you know, oh, okay. The so- modif- the like the devil had all the body modification, like piercings and stuff. Those were all fake. Oh. They just did really good uh, practical effects. They really effects did because it looked like he had implants. Because you know right. we know people who have like face implants and stuff. Yep. And it yeah it looked real. Yeah, they really did a good job on that. I I I really have to give it to him for that the guy that was talking about and i wish i I don't know why i didn't write his name down uh, ghost the guy that did the ghost face and like i think he did the um witch and the devil as well Mm -hmm. was the the ghost face was modeled after an actual burn victim oh wow so he went through like pictures of burn victims oh my god do you know who he looked like remember that firefighter here that's yeah it looked like I mean that's like what him. that's what he went through is like burn victims faces yeah. to try to get that and it is and like with his eyes being all like black and red mm-hmm. and then like the black circles around his face and then the missing nose mm-hmm. it was just kind of like crazy man a lot of the people that were talking about this movie said that they really had just an amazing experience the guy who played the clown uh-huh. was like really into, into this it. he like he like broke down in tears a little bit because he was like man when it was over we just we all just didn't want it to be over he Aww, was like you know everybody cool. kept dying as the movie went on and eventually <laughs> you know there's like nobody Everyone's left dead. <laughs> yeah there was like nobody left and it was just like down to this and then it was like over right and it was like we really had a, a really good bond he's like mm-hmm. you know when we acted actually one of the guys andrew who plays evan in the movie the, the bigger guy mm-hmm. he said that they all kind of played themselves a little bit more in the beginning mm-hmm. to kind of make it seem a little bit more authentic and real and he said it is all of that is authentic that is them playing like they got to know each other and became fans when they're laughing at stupid shit they're laughing at stupid shit mm-hmm. and and it's like you know he is a real jokester in real life you know like right. so he kind of plays that archetype well because of that so um, the girl in the 20s outfit that was playing Mallory was supposed to have a lot of different lines in the movie, by the way, uh-huh. that would be 20s based. Uh-huh. Hi, darling. You know, right. like a 20s flapper. Right. Because she was dressed in that attire for the right. whole thing. But I guess they cut it. Well, they cut it all out. <laughs> they cut it out. She gets a pretty gnarly stabbing in the head. That's like yeah. the, that's the, she's got the turning point kill in the movie. Yeah. Where it's like, oh shit, this is real. This is actually really this happening. Is happening. It's happening. Which is interesting because Andy Milburn, who did one of the, you know, the, he did all the music. He was one of the two composers um, that they, they were like a team. So like they hit it off with the director and the writers mm-hmm. because they were like a team as well. So they kind of like instantly kind of knew how they worked together and how like the, you know, it flowed. Mm-hmm. So when they were in a call together talking about how to make music and how they were going to change it up, he was told that originally they wanted to make the movie very genre, uh, very no on the nose genre stuff with a lot of violins in the beginning, typical stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was intentionally done the way we've been talking about it. Like the first half is kind of like typical. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is really dire and fucked up, kind of like a Saw movie or like a, you know, it changes tone. So does the music. So he was guided to do that. And he started detuning the strings when things would happen or playing some darker hits and stabs mm-hmm. and things like that when stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. So he said it was really fun to do that. And uh, yeah. Also, the uh, dream sequence on the, at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, 
this is the fucked up part. Um, so when she gets out of the red truck and she goes into the house, I mean, I'm not going to go over that end part just yet. Right. But in the dream sequence, she gets out of her truck and goes to visit her mom. When she got out of the truck, she didn't put it in park. Oh, it, oh when they're filming? Right. So it started <laughs> to roll. This is crazy. Like beyond crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended. No one died. It ended up rolling down the street at about 100 miles an hour. Oh, my God. It it flipped into a house. Oh, my God. Uh, supposedly somehow caught fire, almost killing a baby and their three-year-old daughter in the house who uh, narrowly avoided an impact of a uh, fence, like the fence that was outside, uh-huh. stuck in the wall next to her head within two inches of her head. What the hell? Right. And, and they, they were able to get, you know, take care of it, but... Yeah, that's a crazy story that you shouldn't believe because I just made that up. Yeah, it figures. But the true story is, is that they. Asked... <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking as you were saying. I can the story, see it in I your eyes. Like, I can see it in your eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at selling it though. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, she did get out of the car. She did not put it in park because they told her to do it, make it quick. Uh huh. And she was like, "Well, it was quick." <laughs> But somebody was able to stop the car, like as they were, yeah, you know, like fifty feet away. You know, <laughs> somebody ran after it. Yeah, she like, went don't to stop go. Filming. She was like, "Fuck!" And she went to go run. They were like, "No, no, 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 no! Stop! Don't go!" Because they didn't want to get her to get hurt. Right. So then the other guy ran and jumped in and pumped on the brake and was able <laughs> to funny. stop it. Yeah. It almost killed a baby. <laughs> I just, you know, we're just spicing it up a little bit. Keep people on their toes. Yeah, you're trying to see if I was paying attention. <laughs> you guys still awake out there? All right. <laughs> uh, now let's get into some of the scenes and stuff that you liked. I, uh, I don't think I have any trivia loaded in here, so. Well, I did like, so when they first got to, you know, they had all the funny stuff setting up characters and stuff so they actually enter into the haunted house and they drag out a body bag so that's like your first thing like what the fuck and she's like screaming in the body bag and they burn her face off yeah and then they burned her and they're like man it's fake yeah oh this is scary well wouldn't you think it's fake like if you went into a haunted attraction like that you know no not the way she was screaming. I don't know because the smoke came up on the screen or on the window, like on uh, on the the clear glass wall, mm-hmm. like pretty quick. Yeah. I also liked him like when before they even got in there. By the way, they mentioned uh, JC's on the way to the haunted house because they couldn't find it, and like they pulled over because they thought like they're looking for JC. Yeah. No. 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 They weren't looking for JC. They pulled over because they thought that Harper's boyfriend was following them oh yeah yeah and they were like well let's just go to any haunted house you know and she was like i think jc's is right down the street and i was like wait jc's we had a jc's in maryland it was jc's haunted house oh and it was always like uh 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 supported by the local radio station there too Mm -hmm. it was like 90 something or whatever it was like the alternative channel that everybody listened to in the 90s mm-hmm. and like i haven't thought about that in so long and i kind of looked it up and i guess jc's is like a haunted house organization and it's also like a church group or something as well it fucking figures i don't know but they call it j j a y c e e s so jc's 
and there's one in Illinois, there's one in Buffalo, there's like all over the northeastern part of and pretty much eastern part of uh there's one in Savannah, Georgia, I think, too, as well. Have you ever been to the Christian haunted houses? Like the actual like the like the adult Dude, my parents I actually went my church used to do a haunted house. That's fucking did you do the abortion stuff? Dude, they had us like uh gutting somebody on a fucking table <laughs> and reaching inside their stomach for a bowl underneath that had spaghetti and and meatballs and stuff that would be eyeballs. And that's your church? Yes. That's that, it's, it's Isn't that crazy? I think it is crazy. And then at the end of I I always enjoyed those. Hey, remember we were why. talking about Christianity tried to yeah, grab onto pagan things. Exactly, because then after you know you go through the fucking haunted house and then they try to convert you. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're gonna get all these little heathens yeah. and make them scared of life afterwards. Exactly. Well, that's what that's that hilarious. That's what that they have that documentary about that church group that does oh, that. Yeah, the intense one. Yeah, like yeah, where the girls getting the abortion. Yeah, shit. dude. Like yeah. what the fuck? It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, but yeah, our church had that too when I was a kid, you know, and we did it every year and you could, I like helped out and look how you turned out. Yeah, I know. Like (laughs) it worked. I'm a man of God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a man of the cloth, the loin cloth, (laughs) a a filthy loin cloth, a soiled loin cloth. (laughs) I... (laughs) <laughs> All right, we're going to stop right there. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's get into some of our favorite scenes of this. Okay, so there's a couple of um, ones. I did like when they do first come up to meet the clown at the front. He doesn't talk or say a goddamn word. I think that's effective. He just hands in the box, sign the forms. Right, everything's a joke to the people. I love that. It's very put innocuous. Your, put your cell phones in the box because then you can eliminate. Yeah, the 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 troubles of a cell phone. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're getting crafty with that shit nowadays. Well, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, most of the time, it's just like I'm not getting cell signal around here. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the city. Where did my cell signal go? Yeah. Well, you can you can block cell signals. With a yeah, tower. No, but still, nobody's gonna. Then you have to like explain it. Speaking of the collector, they did it in that movie, um, the co- the collection, I think. Oh. Yeah. Meh. Into the mic. Meh. Anyway, um, one of my favorite things is definitely the ghost scene where there's in this room. Uh, I think it was Nathan. The the sheets? Yeah, there's a bunch of people standing in sheets, and the guy's just standing there perfectly still, and you don't see him. And uh, the girl has already stuck her arm in one of the three holes and got her arms cut in, like, three different places, which is pretty gross. And uh, the other girl got, like, spiders dropped all over, and there's, like, real gnarly spiders in that stuff. It was gross. Um, But I love all the little things, like, safe path, not safe path. (laughs) You know, I love how they both went two different ways or whatever. Yeah, I like that too. And there's all these little clues along the way of what's going to happen later too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when they get to there and he drops his key down into the into the, the vent or mm-hmm. the, the floor mm-hmm. and then he's trying to get help and he's like, someone's hurt out there. I need your help. And, and then the guy walks away and he's like, hey. And then he flips on the lights and he's like, hey, did you say someone's hurt? We need to get her out of here. You know, it's like, he's like, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. He's like, no problem. Where is she? 
you know, and he's like being super helpful, but the way he's saying it too, it leaves it's like suspicious. an air of, of suspicion. Yeah. Suspicious. And, and his body language and stuff like that, when he pauses, when people say stuff is very suspicious mm-hmm. and it's really effective in this scene. And I think him in particular is just really good at this. And it's like, they're like, you know, they don't even trust him. So they're trying to stay in control of this situation like any natural human being would in a dire situation. They would try to feel in control so that they wouldn't lose their fucking minds. Mm Kind of like when we have anxiety in a room full of people and then I have to make jokes because (laughs) because I feel uncomfortable around all these idiots. And then I have to run. Yeah, and you're embarrassed, and I'm like, I don't give a shit as, <laughs> as long as they smirked or something because they're now in on the kill, on the joke that I just <laughs> the made. Kill. Yeah, you just laughed about that fucked up thing, so now you're one of us. <laughs> now you're one of me, motherfucker. Anyway, that's how they're trying to run shit. So she's like, give me the fucking keys, and he's like, he just kind of looks at her and then gives her the keys, and it's like the whole time he's like a fucking, he's totally in control, and everything has been planned out in his mind. Mm-hmm. He's this mastermind kind of guy, and he's like, you know, he's like, well, yeah, this I thought was an exit. He was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that's not an exit. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean it's not a fucking Why exit? Why don't you tell us? Why don't you fucking tell us? Well, it's because I fucking told you that you were almost done with the the fucking maze yeah you know but you wanted to go back the way you came right yeah so they went he's like yeah you can go back through the tunnel again which they had to climb on their hands and knees (laughs) and like he's like yeah but you can only go one at a time because you know the door the trap door there's a trap door underneath and it'll drop you down below if there's too many people and they're like okay well we gotta go one at a time so while that's happening they're like okay we'll send andrew through or the evan guy through then we'll send the ghost guy through then we'll send Nathan, the basketball or the baseball jock, sportsman, sportsman, <laughs> sportsman. Is that how you say for sports? Sports. I don't person. know anything about sports. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so they send him afterwards, and then he nails it shut. Yep. And then he eventually drops through. Nathan does. Mm-hmm. But then the part I like, and it's like when, but Ghost goes outside with the Evan guy. He's like. Earlier, Evan's like, show me your fucking face. I think we'd all feel a little more comfortable if you took off the fucking mask. And like, he's like, I, I, it doesn't matter though. You know, changes the subject. And when he's out there, he's like holding still, a hammer and he's like, still want to see my face. Hey, you still want to see my face, man? <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> And he sees the hammer and then it cuts back to like somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then when they cut back, he's laying on the ground. Evan is knocked out or dead. And then he takes the the, the claw of the hammer and pulls it on his mouth and rips open his his front mouth and nose and everything and like peels it back. Weird. It's kind of a little abrupt, but they probably cut it short because it, it kind of looked a little hokey. So they were like, eh, we'll just do it real fast. So it's kind of like. So you get the point. Yeah, exactly. I also like the meticulous thing that the clown was doing, too. He was like going through the 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 box of their cell phones and stuff. You know, he's like meticulously going through there and just checking to see if the phone's unlocked or if anybody's left the message or whatever. And then he sets one pile over to the right and one pile to the left. Mm-hmm. He nukes the, the pile on the left in the microwave. Mm-hmm. And then, like, takes the other ones and leaves them out. I don't know why. 
goes out, smashes a car window. I like how he was kind of like the big mastermind. Right. And he didn't say anything. You know what I mean? That was the thing that kind of, it's a little unsettling. And they had some lines in the movie that he was supposed to say. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the scene where he walks in after busting out the window with the hammer? Uh Uh-huh. And there's a guy, like the, the vampire guy, who's like, buy all these steel drums. I think so, yeah. Where you're like, oh, they're going to put the bodies in those steel drums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There was an entire dialogue that happened there that they just cut the audio for. Oh, no. So you can't, you no, they cut it, not lost it. Oh. <laughs> and you can, you if you, you, like, they showed the extra footage and you can see them moving and talking about this thing mm-hmm. together. And Ghostface shows up and he's like, hey, what's going on, man? You know, and they're like talking and organizing everything. And they were like, you know what? Let's keep this out because less is more. Mm-hmm. If we humanize them too much, then it's not as scary. Mm-hmm. So they cut them out. They cut that whole scene Which out. That's smart. I like that. Right. Makes sense. I think you so, too. You don't need to know their plan. You really don't. You just need to be in the perspective of the of, of the Yeah. Like, what's going on? What's the mystery of it? You just know they're in a cult and they need their masks. Right. That's all you really care about. Sometimes horror gets a little too, like descriptive and and i think people kind of expect that nowadays more like they they i'm not trying to say people are stupid i'm saying that they like to be the story yeah i like mystery some people don't yeah yeah which is fine yeah i'm not it doesn't mean you're stupid i'm just saying but it also leaves it open so they could explore that further in a sequel right that's what you're supposed to do leave a little room you know you have to kill some of your darlings sometimes right you know just to make a better movie so Obviously, the bed scene is probably one of the more graphic scenes, I think, right? She, like, goes under the bed. She has a flashback of her father beating her mom in the hallway. Like, fucking smashing her down on the ground, the mother. Right, and he's like, yeah, sometimes parents do bad things, but it's all right now. You can trust me, honey. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think so. And she, like, dropped. She hit her mom. He hit her mom so hard that a ring fell off. Mm -hmm. And she's kept it all these years. It's weird. It is weird. And then she, also she gives it to her roommate. She gives the, the ring to her roommate who yeah, loses. Yeah. It's in like, the very what beginning. The fuck? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Why? Well, she's still alive too. her mom. That is a little weird. Yeah. That was I will weird say to that. Me. Yeah. Just like because they don't really explain what happens to the father other than he went to jail or something. Because she talks to her no, friend th- Bailey in the movie and she's like. I had this dream where I woke up and I went to my family's house and, and my mom was there and she was like, your father's dead. Yeah, well, d- didn't she say the mom never left the dad? Right, but she kept the ring? Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a little weird. It's confusing. That's okay. Anyway. People do weird shit. But, so she's under the bed having this flashback and it's like verbatim what she was like when she was a child, which I thought was a really nice touch, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why she has the ring and all this other stuff. But the fucking devil guy who has unmasked himself and keeps asking her, let's remove your mask. Let's see what you're like under there. It followed Uh, her into the room. Yeah, he follows her into the room and she fucking attacks him. Jams something. I think it's. She had a knife. like A a key. Oh, she had the key, the big key. Right. Yeah, and jammed it into his eye, right? Right, and he he fucking flew back. And he was like, he was like, oh, my eye. Oh, my eye. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> I would be knocked out from the pain. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
like but she sticks it in this contraption in the door which is very Saul-esque and very collector-esque yeah it was and uh like you hear this like music like uh ice cream store or ice cream truck music and then a shotgun blast and she gets hit in the shoulder kind of like uh evil dead mm-hmm. too when that mm-hmm. georgine got hit or whatever her name was when mm-hmm. she got hit in the left shoulder mm-hmm. and then um she goes in and realizes that it's shotgun shooting every so often the like the music box every time the, right. the music would stop on the music box it's, it it's the same thing as a jack in a box only it's a shotgun yeah and the shotgun shoots every so often. But why this guy didn't know it and comes in and starts choking her with his wounded eye and she jams her finger in and then moves her hand out of the way just in time and pushes his head up just enough to get his head blown off. Yep. Which was cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Especially because he was one of the more nasty ones. So for her to kill him was cool. Did we ever see the ghost guy die? I don't think so. So he's still alive. Right. I don't remember him dying. I don't either. But uh I remember the zombie guy going out to the to, no. to the yard and Nathan fucking smacking him with the bat on the way out. I remember the witch no. bitch who was trying to come up out of the floor. They the Nathan guy pulls the legs of the witch and then she falls on her back and then fucking Harper's like slamming the it on her face. Your head in. Yeah. Which was cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the ghost died. But it was the clown who showed up at the end, right? Right. This is the cool part. So at the end of the movie, she wakes up in the hospital after having a dream segment where she goes to see her mom at her house. Her mom hugs her, and then the clown appears behind her, and she's like, oh, wakes up. And then the doctor's like, hey, your friend's in the next room. He's fine. You just need to sign this release form. This release form. This release form. And then she she has an epiphany. She's like, oh, shit, they have my address because it's on the, the release form. Right. So I guess that gave her enough time to head over to the mom's house to set up a home alone type situation. You know, right. Um, Which he comes in because there was this doubt. That's a scene we forgot is there was a scene where Harper puts her hand. She's in this room full of knives and it's like everything is like real jagged and dangerous in there. And she puts her hands in like what are that glue trap that you would think for For rats like we were talking about last week, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she can't get her hands out. So it rips the skin off of her hands. So she puts that down at her mom's house. So when the clown walks in the house, he immediately his feet immediately get stuck on the mat. Right. And he pulls his feet off and then puts his hand down in front of him on top of fucking a, a board of nails. Mm-hmm. And it goes through it. And then he's like, Jesus, ow, what the fuck? And then he looks up and then like some fucking evil dead comedy. <laughs> there's like the the, sh- the like dirt stained wood of a shotgun on the wall. And behind it is the the clean wood of a shotgun that was, uh, you know, supposed to be there. like Hanging there. Hanging there. You know, like the chainsaw is in the fucking Evil Dead thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, what does she say to him? She goes... I forget what she says. I got it written down here. So he looks up at the wall and notices that the gun is missing, and Harper appears and is like... She's like, let's take off your mask. Bang! Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> it's a great ending. I love it was, that. I, I enjoyed it, too. I think that's a fun, uh, you know, way to end things because it kind of alludes that she's just so in charge and she's healed herself uh, from all these scars. These wounds, they will not heal. <laughs> anyway, she healed her wounds with a Yay. shotgun. 
I wanted I wanted to see his head explode, but you know that would have been the only better thing we could have mm-hmm. seen. But it's you can imagine it. Yeah, I wonder if that was like their intention to do a nod to Evil Dead in those mo- in the movie a couple of times. I doubt it. Then where I mentioned the Evil Dead twice, mm-hmm. it just reminded me of those kind of moments, like the the shotgun thing in the arm, as well as the the end scene with the thing on the wall. I wonder mm-hmm. if they they actually thought about that. I don't know. You know when they were putting it together. Anyway, both of those movies we really enjoyed this week, so they were go check them out. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode this week, and I hope that we filled it full of facts, love, and joy, and fun, and laughter. And trauma. And bad jokes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you guys have a great halfway to Halloween, I guess, if mm-hmm. you celebrate it. I don't know. Yep. This Sunday, bitches. Have fun. Think of us. Trick or treat. <laughs> anyway. Next week, we got some fucking crazy motherfucking films coming in the mail from Vinegar Syndrome. And then the following week, we're going to watch some movies by that that uh, Plemke got us. So I'm trying to get to them, but I have to watch these new ones because I'm really into it. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch these Mexican movies called Vacation of Terror 1 and 2 that Vinegar Syndrome put out that my buddy, random viewer, shout out, bought it for me for my birthday a few weeks back and I'm finally getting them and I feel like it's time to talk about them and then I'll post the like review up on their link thing and get some points to get money off of my next purchase because vinegar syndrome does by the way if you've never shopped at vinegar syndrome before I'm gonna put a link down below <laughs> use that and then don't give me points if you want to help us out and help yourself out with a fine new film but <laughs> anyway, Vacation of Terror 1 and 2 is coming out. Uh, we'll be talking all about it, spoiler-free and spoilerific. So for those of you who don't care, probably we'll stick around to the end. For those of you who don't, we always have timestamps down below. So we hope you'll join us next week for some fun. These are ridiculous movies, and uh, I can't wait to talk about them. So we hope to see you there. But thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always, long live the void.